0: Welcome to Two Truths and a Dirty Lie, a podcast about facts, figures and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Dez. I'm here with my co-host.
1: CMT, Timmy Tyre. Welcome to Two Truths and a Dirty Lie. A podcast where we do all the hard work so you can tell people fun stories about history, our parties and make yourself seem more interesting.
0: See uh, Tim Tyre told me he was like a day so let's create a podcast. Where like people can use information and use it to flirt in parties. And I was like, I don't know anything about flirting. <laughs> and that's how we came up with this podcast. <laughs> so if you've ever used uh, anything you listened on this podcast to strike up a conversation or get someone's number, you're You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Tim Taylor. You can thank Tim Taylor, don't thank me. I, I had nothing to do with that.
1: You're welcome.
0: So, how you doing today, Tim Tire?
1: I'm good. It's a lovely Thursday. You know, we've gotten to the worst in the week. The worst tends to be Thursday. So, you know, like by the end of today, you would have gotten to the worst of the week, and you'll be ready to take on the weekend.
0: True. Weekend starts on Thursday in Lagos. Used to before Buhari. <laughs> 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 now I swear, people don't go out until <laughs> Friday, five p.m. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just don't, you know, I'm not about that outside life anymore. I like to stay home and watch don't hook you for, Are you lying?
0: <laughs> are you lying? I don't like to go out. It does not have petrol. Oh <laughs> you God. cannot go anywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, last episode, we were talking about um, how we're both lawyers and our dads are lawyers, right? How, what do you think your chances of being a lawyer would have been if your dad was not a lawyer?
1: Um, Very high. Because I didn't have direction for a long time. And that's, I, I feel like it's probably why a lot of men in my family have gravitated towards law. Just trying to figure stuff out. And you need a solid degree that you can do different things with to so plan out.
0: what you're saying is that law is for people who have a lack of direction.
1: I mean, if if you don't want to be a lawyer, if you don't see yourself being a lawyer or a judge, but you see yourself in corporate life um lawyers is a pretty good degree to get you know
0: i mean fair enough like i i graduated from uni and i came back to nigeria and i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do so let me up becoming lawyer there you go <laughs> so fair enough but i've been thinking about a family feud i wanted to do a family feud episode i think it's going to be a two-parter we will do a parents versus their kids and then we'll do some sibling rivalry
1: oh okay, I like that.
0: Should we first start with some people and their parents, right? Yeah,
1: I love a good family feud. I love European family feuds because then you'll have like maybe like a family's last name historically was De Cleet and then you'll now have some some people will now change their branch to Van De Cleet or Declete something else just to Do show you that me like
0: a Nigerian political like family dynasty.
1: Oh yes, there's like a who? ton of them Such I mean, as? I can just name any random political family
0: No, I don't think so
1: Or like family dynasties Yeah, yeah, just name like a you know, random political family Such as um, I don't know, like Saraki or something.
0: Okay, this boy right, use your chest, Saraki. Yes. Yeah, you know? I mean that's just one in my head. This is like President Governor and his and his dad before him was also a statesman.
1: Exactly. I mean, you don't even have to go political. You can just think of. No, like, I'm thinking political because I'm I'm doing that like okay.
0: political family. You know. Yeah. Miraculous.
1: Yeah. So you have that. You have.
0: Yeah, I do that. Yardua. You have Shiu Musa Yardua and then you have who who's our actual yeah, president. Typically,
1: any sort, of Niger- you, yeah, any sort of Nigerian last name that you know and your parents know. I
0: don't agree with that, you know, because I think, for the most part, I mean, if I'm wrong, but I was looking a lot into family dynasties, and I think we do have a few solid ones, but a lot of people are like... Upstarts. Yeah, <laughs> first gen. <laughs> My daddy was a village master, and I'm I'm now governor of my state. Like I know, I honestly think like we do have a lot of first gen, and we also don't really have dynastic like political families. I think like to the level of where you have in other countries where right. like you have uh, presidents following each other. Oh, okay, fair enough. For example, you know in Togo, the how do you pronounce it? The Nasingbe family. They've been ruling Togo for like over 50 years. Yeah, one family.
1: I mean, that's not a Dinosaur. Din- that's an, that's a Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so, and you know, so. Fifth um, of is so funny. The general thing about that word is that I don't know like the literal definition, but I feel like I'm correct. No,
1: Fifth of is really a group of people that rule over a land I think it's very much tied into land and real estate in so, sense. So
0: okay so it is a territorial sphere of operation controlled by a particular person or group yeah Fiefdom, yeah, they turned their country into their family's fiefdom. Actually, yeah. that was, yeah, I used the word correctly. <laughs> okay, the Butos, the Trudos, the Gandhis, the Lees, the Fujimoris. Mm. Who we really need to talk about the Fujimoris. I, exactly, like, I, I said it. We need to talk, you know what, you're going to do the episode. You're going <laughs> to talk about the <laughs> Fujimoris, honestly. <laughs> so these are political dynasties. And I was looking at a study that they talk about the dynastic bias of different um, occupations for example if your parents are in medicine yeah. you're 53 times more likely than the average person to go into medicine okay when it comes to politics you are 110 times more likely to enter politics if one of your parents is a politician than the average person that is huge
1: 110 times yes wow 110 times I more mean- likely. You, would you call the Cuomo's a, pol- a, a political dynasty?
0: Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, and. Yeah. Yeah, like in New York. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. There yeah, you would, like the you Kennedys
1: s- and all those. I girls. mean,
0: Kennedy's clear. Wasn't right? he
1: married to a Kennedy?
0: Uh, Cuomo? Yeah.
1: The, I think, the older um, one? Yeah.
0: So, you know, like George Bush and George H.W. So, George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush, father, son, yeah. American president. You have John Quincy Adams and John Adams, mm-hmm. father, son, American president.
1: He was married to JFK's niece.
0: Ah, uh, Kerry. Yeah, Kerry Kennedy, isn't it? yeah, but the older Cuomo.
1: Yeah, the older Cuomo. Mm.
0: Yeah, man. So, in uh, so I talked about the Nassingbe right in Togo. Yes. Who took over from his dad? But you also have father-daughter pairings. Yeah. So you have uh, Indira Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And um, the guys in Angola. No, Angola did not become.
1: No, I mean, she didn't, but she ran the entire business side of the country.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, somebody actually taking over the role of president or prime minister from their dad. Okay. So you have Pak Guni in South Korea, and you have Corazon Aquino in the Philippines. You have some brothers taking over, like, in Malawi. Brother taking over from a Brother...
1: The Castros.
0: The Castros. Is that another brother taking over from brother? Yeah, boy? brother taking over from brother. You even have husband taking over from wife in Pakistan. I mean, she was killed. Benaz Bhutto remember her assassination? Yeah. So today's facts. Number one Sam Ikoku, the son of Alvin Ikoku, the Nigerian statesman on the 10 Naira notes, mm. thought his dad's politics was uh, quite boring and out of date. So he ran against his dad in the southeastern house and he won and he beat his daddy oh god he beat his daddy oh no in a a national election
1: kind of shakespearean (laughs) greek tragedy is that
0: i don't know man you always people always say i want my child to be bigger than me well number two joseph kabila the son of laurent kabila who was president of the democratic republic of congo yeah led a palace coup killed his dad and took over from his dad mm. because you know drc they got a lot of diamonds there. yeah he was like i'm not waiting for my time daddy time to go
1: i get to show how old was he when he did that uh 29 I ask because I just feel like if you're like about to be thirty, between thirty and thirty-four. Yeah. That's the age like when men are like, yes, I want what is mine and I will take it.
0: Are you are you shooting shots at your daddy because you're thirty?
1: Hey, what's up? What's up, old man? (laughs) (laughs) In case you're listening. (laughs) In case
0: you listening, the time is ready to take what's his.
1: I'm gonna see you soon.
0: And number three. Berenice the fourth forced her daddy to flee Egypt after uh, she decided he was a weak ruler. Mm. She sent him packing to Rome, yeah. and he went to land and beg for soldiers and said, "Please, my my eldest daughter has kicked me off the throne." Beren, Berenice the fourth is part of the Ptolemy family. She's from of the Ptolemaic rule. She is actually Cleopatra the seventh, who's the Cleopatra that we know. Mm-hmm. Big sister. Okay. So Cleopatra's big sister ruled before Cleopatra right. by chasing Daddy. Iwi. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dirty lie. Should we is... do a quick summary of yeah, the please. facts? Sure, let's go.
0: So one, we have Sam Koku defeating his daddy. wait number two, we have Joseph Kabila murking his daddy. And number three, we have Berenice chasing her daddy out of Egypt
1: i think the dirty lie is joey joseph killing his dad you're right oh thank god
0: (laughs) (laughs) why why do you seem so relieved
1: because he's an african i just don't really see a lot of
0: africans killing daddy yeah
1: patricide for sake of political office i mean it's possible I just, I just,
0: really I feel like they I usually wait see. for daddy to die. Yeah, they usually wait respectfully. Yeah. Respe- <laughs> respectfully. respectfully. <laughs> so, okay, that's, that's, you're good. You're good. Let's yeah. start with the lie.
1: I knew the one about Cleopatra's, but yeah. You didn't know about Sam Kuku that and Alvan
0: So, Joseph Kabila's dad was killed. And 10 days later, in 2001, Joseph Kabila is made president. Let me give you some background. Laurent Désiré Kabila was a Congolese revolutionary and politician who was the third president of the Democratic Republic of Congo mm-hmm. from 1997 until his assassination in 2001. He was a long opponent of Mobutu Sese Seko, you know, Emperor Mobutu. Yeah. He was the person who actually got uh, Mobutu off the throne. Do you know Mobutu's, like, full name that he gave himself? What? Emperor Mobutu Sese kuku Ngendu Wazanga Banga. He also renamed the country.
1: I'm sure in this country, it just mean, in his language, it just means uh, the greatest president ever or something.
0: I can't remember the actual, like, meaning of his name, but he gave himself so many titles. But anyways, let's go back to Laurent Kabila. He led the Alliance for Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Congo, which is the AD. FLC, which was a Rwandan and Ugandan sponsored rebel group that invaded Zaire and overthrew Mobutu during the First Congo War. Now, this is very important. It plays a very big role in his death because his force, his rebel force, was partly funded by Rwanda and Uganda. They didn't do this out of the kindness of their hearts. The eastern part of the Congo. Very rich in natural resources. They have a lot of diamonds. They got a lot of minerals. They got a lot of things that the whole world needs, right? They didn't like Mobutu. A lot of people didn't like Mobutu. He had consolidated power a lot. He was, he's called himself emperor. There's yeah. a lot going on there. However, his assassination, he was shot in his office in, on the 16th of January 2001. He was shot by a man called rachidi rachidi had been a former child soldier under kabila's army and you would find that rachidi and his supposed getaway driver mirindi were both former child soldiers
1: everyone in the drc was a former child soldier not
0: everyone but they were like some of the child soldiers who were actually like recruited to fight for kabila and they became his bodyguards Right, but his bodyguards were not very well paid a lot of them were disgruntled and a lot of them came from a tribe um, a a different tribe than Kabila so Kabila is shot in his office by Rashidi, he is having a meeting it's a very weird assassination because Rashidi comes into Kabila's office. He's having a meeting with his economic advisor. They're planning for the Francophone and France uh, economic forum or something. Right. And...
1: Where they hope to sit down with the country of France.
0: Yes. And and discuss discuss
1: fair terms of (laughs) engaging with France. Yes. Which has historically proven to be a thing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Now, Rashidi, like, taps his feet, according to the eyewitness, who's the economic advisor... Rashidi taps his feet and like salutes the president and the president to like be like I'm greeting you and president like oh yeah come in you know this is his bodyguard and he comes in and he just shoots him three times and then starts running. This for me is a very weird assassination because no, no
1: plan, just vibes.
0: So then Mirindi is supposedly in a getaway car waiting for Rashidi, so he's running towards the fence that he can jump to get to Mirindi. But the economic advisor says he chases after Rashidi sh- shouting and then a second guard called chin shoots rachidi in the leg and he collapses and he collapses and he's like we've gotten the guy who shot the president and then this other guy called eddie Kapend, who was kabila's chief security guy yeah so chin is like another guard or whatever but eddie Kapend is like the big the biggest security person on mm. kabila's security team he runs towards the scene like he hears the gunshots he sees that Rashidi has been shot in the leg and he's lying down there. And he says, according to him, in a fit of rage, he summarily executed him with a kamikaze. What do they call that thing? Crash killing off?
1: Yeah, you were clerk the first time, surprisingly. Kam- Not with kamikaze. That's when the pilots. yes yeah is the crash i don't know how to pronounce that i'm not not going to try okay i'm crashing off
0: anyways (laughs) the the automatic gun like he finishes as they say he finishes him off sprays
1: that boy down
0: sprays him down mirindi the getaway driver runs away now i'm not even talking about joseph Kabila because joseph had nothing to do with this right he's 29 he's chilling Mm -hmm. he is second in command in the military he is his dad's supposed heir to the throne right so it doesn't really have much problems. And also, at this point in time, they are fighting the Second Congo War. So they are at war. Mm-hmm. And I think this should put in context everything that happens because everyone who responds to the situation, responds to it as in we are in a state of war and our president has been assassinated. It's not like... Mm-hmm is a regular old tuesday or something and they now shoot the president like where our uh, military is already engaged fighting a rebel army the rcd which was sponsored at this point by rwanda because when they sponsored kabila to take the drc back from Mobutu, they thought he was going to come in and be like cool let me share all of congo's resources with rwanda that tiny country to my right because they helped me get the throne back or whatever. And he was like, no, I got Congo back for Congolese people. So you guys should pack your stuff and please leave my country. (laughs) And they were not having it. (laughs) Um,
1: The best thing about the RCD is that it is now a political party. It was like a rebellion, essentially. Mm -hmm. And after... um, after Joseph came to power. Exactly, and after Western Joseph and came to power. And they became, like, a social, liberal, democ- um, democratic party, political I, party. I feel
0: like that is their definition on the internet and not in real life. Uh, oh.
1: I mean, it's hard to say because they are currently still, like, a major political party. No, and that part of the world is still rife with, you know. Um, a lot of, yeah. I mean, they won't call it a full on war now, but like, there are so many skirmishes, you might as well call it a war. Like, yeah.
0: No, I, I don't think you should call it a war. Yeah. Because it's like saying we are at war in Nigeria. Do you think we're at war right now? Because there are so many <sighs> I don't skirmishes. Think it's like that, because they're much
1: smaller. So, no? Well, DRC? They're
0: much bigger. Really? The Democratic Republic of Congo.
1: How, is it much bigger than Nigeria?
0: Please go Google let me see i'm okay, talking okay, about okay. drcu that big country rwanda is like one tiny pea next to congo i think i was
1: thinking of rwanda never mind right, rwanda yeah,
0: is yeah. like Lagos, and then yeah. congo is like okay drc is big Fair enough. i mean there are two Congos, but drc is big so yeah now who killed kabila so they have this huge trial right where they arrest like over Rose 100 Vardy, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh my god that took me 10 seconds
1: it was Rebecca Vardy.
0: Nobody's going to understand that. Of course they're going to understand Nobody.
1: That. Nigeria is rare for football fans. And football fan gossip, white gossip is big in Nigeria.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> I want you to guess, like, just guess two countries that will be involved here.
1: France?
0: Mm, guess again. Oh, Rwanda? Yes, guess an- another one. There's a big bad wolf that just always raised their head in random places. America. Of course. Yeah. What's America doing here? Ah, all right. I how do I tell this in a suspenseful way? I'm not even going to give you suspense. I'm going to give it to you straight.
1: America, they've always had like, um, they've always had interest in that part of Africa. Though.
0: They've had interest in any part of Africa <laughs> with one with natural resources. Yeah. that's just let's keep it. But yeah, now Kabila was a former Marxist. Mm-hmm. Do the West like Marxists? No. no. He had chosen to align himself with Iran and China and Russia. Okay do they like this not very much kabila's death involves a lebanese diamond trader the israelis the americans the rwandans and the rcd rebel party okay first and foremost Rachidi, the guy who shot kabila when they searched him in his pocket they found the number of colonel su and sandusky the military attaché from the U.S. to the DRC, who had just happened to leave the country.
1: Any relation to Penn State?
0: Sandusky. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so because the Sanduskys are spelled differently. has okay. Sandusky has an I, and I think he has. Why? but when i first saw her name i was like why does this sound very familiar this woman like is she just a military attache i have to ask myself that or she a former cia agent since we have a former cia agent right now as an instagram blogger beauty blogger Mm -hmm. i was like let me try and look for suan sandusky like maybe she has an internet presence which she does and i found her linkedin she's really active she has a cute little linkedin picture next standing next to a jeep now, this woman was in Sudan. She was in Liberia. When she was in Liberia, she, want, she vowed that she would never serve in a country at peace. And she was known as the white-haired lady or the silver bullet.
1: I like that, that's a hot
0: name. Guess what other country she has been in? Nigeria. Yeah, she was the defense attache in Abuja from 2004 to 2006. She was, let me just tell you her LinkedIn, just to know how many African countries this woman has tapped into.
1: Just see the countries.
0: U.S. Embassy Abuja, U.S. Embassy Abidjan, also accredited to Burkina Faso, Togo, Benin, Monrovia, Liberia as defense attaché July to November 2003. U.S. Embassy Kinshasa accredited to Congo Brazzaville. Also covered Syria Leone. Also covered Zimbabwe. Then she touched outside Korea, Germany, Croatia, and Bosnia as a U.S. Army vet.
1: Catch flights, not feeling...
0: <laughs> Now she's an adjunct instructor in Tiffin University. Anyways, they find the number of the U.S. attache where she had literally signed, like, written, handwritten, and, like, her official card were in the pocket of the person who just shot the president. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is not really...
1: That's a strange
0: coincidence. Mm. Now, the Mirindi guy, the getaway driver, was said to drive when Rachidi did not make it out. He drove straight to the house of Lebanese diamond dealer, Hilal Heretier. Heretier. Can't pronounce that. One person has a CIA oh okay, let me not say CIA. Has the US attache's number in his pocket. Mm-hmm. The getaway driver is running to Lebanese diamond dealer's house. Yeah. And why does a Lebanese diamond dealer have beef with Kabila? He was making bank, right? Yeah. On Congo Diamonds. Mm-hmm. But they were fighting a war and Kabila needed money. So he made a deal with the Israelis. He made a deal with an Israeli company. He was like, I'll give you guys a monopoly on our diamonds. If you give us $20 million, yeah, up front, three-year renewable monopoly in exchange for $20 million and training. We want some IDF training. Okay. You guys can help us. Money and training. And then get our diamond. For who? Uh,
1: Israelis yeah,
0: a yeah 3M monopoly on diamonds that's crazy for 20M 20 20 and some training that's ridiculous yeah but this Lebanese guy was pissed off because this means his diamond supply has been cut off mm-hmm. so he starts meeting with US people mm-hmm. some Rwandan re- and RCD people and some of the president's bodyguards
1: that's interesting do you think that could ever happen in Edge? what just I, I just feel like yeah we're, we're corrupt but Nigerians have such a massive interest in their country.
0: Uh, which ones? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, even the bad ones are like the people that like, are like running us into the ground are still Nigerians. Yeah. I mean historically yeah, we've dealt with But this is not a
0: Nigerian guy. Like, no, I this know this is a Lebanese guy. No, no,
1: no. I'm saying I'm I just can't see a bunch of foreigners attempting to kill a sitting president or governor or and some Niger.
0: greedy young nigerians who are disillusioned will not join him uh, they will join him huh? uh-huh. i guess it could happen it, it, could, happen it can happen anywhere that's interesting you, you just have to have the right factors in place and also before this also i think about three months or a month before, about three months before this kabila had killed who he considered was like his main rival, who was a part of his uh, rebel army, and that guy had actually personally recruited this Rashidi and oh. and they were from similar tribes. So there was a lot of actual internal like disillusionments and animosity already. So what? So they just, I think, outsiders just need to tap into that. Yeah. Like they find your weak spot.
1: Yeah. Bam. What decade was this?
0: This is two thousand and one. Jeez, it's not long ago. Yeah. Twenty they, years
1: ago, but still. <laughs>
0: please stop trying to remind me i'm old yeah. it's <laughs> <that's 2000. laughs> but so mirindi runs to the lebanese diamond dealer's house right and they escape the congolese army find out go to the diamond dealer's house can't find him take his cousins his brothers and whoever is in the building and summarily execute 11 lebanese citizens wow that night wow yeah so all these people are arrested they arrest, like, a bunch of people. The The guy who finished off the shooter, um, they also arrest him, the Eddie Capend, He was seen as, like, he was now scapegoated as the head of this conspiracy to kill the president because they were like, why did you kill the shooter? Are you trying to cover your tracks? You know, he gave, like, a speech after the president was shot calling for calm. They said he was using that to actually try and get power. But a lot of international bodies and a lot of observers think that the trial was a sham mm. They had like a hundred and something people They found them guilty Sentenced them to death Jeez. They have not carried out any of the death sentences
1: Right So where are the people now?
0: They're in jail in Kinshasa And Joseph Kabila actually released some of them okay. Including Capen, I think like
1: The ones who aren't like serious um. No
0: so if anyone is interested in seeing like the full story there's an al jazeera document called murder in kinshasa it can give you more color into what happened but essentially because they couldn't figure out who did it was it the rwandans was it the rcp by themselves rcd sorry was it the u.s was it the lebanese diamond dealer just by himself it doesn't seem likely it was him just by himself but you know that kind of thing yeah there's so many hands at play so they're like if we can't find who did it in a country that is so tumultuous we just have to pretend we found the corporates and arrest them and hold them to just kind of solve it and be able to move on and another problem that joseph kabila has is that after he came into power after his dad mm-hmm. he had a signed a peace treaty with rwanda to end the war he signed a treaty with R- rcd which is why they're now a political party you know he's opened drc up to business for u.s interests and stuff like that so mm-hmm. he's kind of it's not really in his best interest to really like he's kind of had to make deals with the devils mm. like the people who won't kill the president but two most importantly killed his daddy Fair. yeah that is the story of kabila i know i did not really give you guys a proper ending to that story i will tell you that um i mean
1: it's still ongoing in a way
0: it's still ongoing. I would tell you that Mirandi, the getaway driver, now lives in uh, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> the prosecutor. Imagine if he's an Uber driver in Sweden. I think he might be because this is rude, but they interview him in the Al Jazeera document, a documentary I watched. And he kind of has a setup of an Uber driver, like the whole car holding. Yeah. Baby. GPS, uh, Google Maps, Kango Hut. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, and they interviewed him with some other escapees. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're chilling. We're 45 uh, kilometers from the South Pole or something or from the North Pole. Like, nobody's going literally, to find us where we chilling. are. <laughs> I
1: love the fact that, like, you probably applied to Uber and they were like, what's your experience driving? He was like, well, <laughs> have I got a story for you? <laughs>
0: So he claims, obviously he claims his innocence. I'll just like to say that. He mm. claims he's innocent. All of this is allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Mm. The prosecutor, the military prosecutor from the trial, because I just say it's a dear as he day was plenty. The military prosecutor who was making his name, sending Capen to jail and all these people to jail, he fell out of favor. He was framed for a crime. Yes. The judge The military general that was judge, he fell out of favor. (laughs) He was dismissed. So that prosecutor that was sentenced... And the funny thing is that the judge who he argued in front of, or those other people who sentenced them to death, was also the judge who sentenced him to death. (laughs) Who was actually the same judge. And that judge too is now no longer a judge. Oh,
1: God. Problem. Live live by the sword. (laughs) Bro, their problems are
0: plenty. Okay. So which of the truths should we do first, um, Berenice or Sam Ikoku?
1: Well, Let's save Berenice for the last. I like a good, ancient, epic last. To so round up the day. Yeah.
0: Okay. Alvan Azina Ikoku was born on the 1st of August, 1900 and died on the 18th of November, 1971. He was born in Aruchuku, present-day Abia States and he was a nigerian educationist statesman and an activist he was part of the united national independence party his son sam ikoku was a socialist and first republic opposition leader in the eastern house of assembly he worked together with intellectuals such as rutimi williams and anthony inero and formed the radical wing of the action group party which on the mandate of Obafemni Awolowo sought to remove the ethnic coloration which it wore and make it a national party. So they're trying to... A.J. was trying to move from just being like Yoruba Party mm. to a national party. So instead of like just a regional powerhouse. Um, but Sam Inkoku was a democratic socialist and an anti-imperialist. He was very strongly anti-imperialist.
1: He wasn't messing with the white. Yeah.
0: He was born on the 24th of July... 1922 um in present-day cross river states so how does sam or sg ikoku beat daddy alvan ikoku
1: with great honesty and the faith of god was that that
0: right
1: what so how did he beat his dad
0: yes you know what i think is really cool because they him and his dad represented two different generations his dad was in the eastern house of assembly in the first republic And he felt like they were kind of too aligned with the British. You know, First Republic, Nigerians, like indigenous people did not have that much power. Mm. It was kind of like pretend power. And they talked like this. They talked like
1: this. Well, you see, Nigeria is doing very well, you see. We're, we're, we're a struggling country, but we're doing our best to really up, uplift the African continent.
0: I feel like you have to like squeeze the size of your cheeks to be able to speak like that. This is
1: how we spoke in the 60s. You see, Nigeria is getting better and better. <laughs> I think I'm getting more, like, the more I talk, the more I get into it.
0: I really like that 1960s Northern accent.
1: I, do, I, do, I don't like any of them. What?
0: I like it. it. Crazy. Have you listened to Tafa Balewasa? Yes, I have. We in Nigeria appreciate the advantages which is the size of our country and of its population give us but we have absolutely no aggressive intentions. We shall never impose ourselves upon any other country and shall treat every African territory, big or small, as our equal because we honestly feel that it is only on that basis of equality that peace can be maintained in our continent but it sounded so sweet mm.
1: it's crazy like imagine someone like Obasanjo just like being in the room my hand these guys talk <laughs> <laughs> just like what's his all but do? he must
0: have right he must have <laughs> but you know also another thing for me that actually like just really has me kicking is the fact that like no offense but it's the fact that <laughs> you have all Nigerian leaders speaking like and the you know we must be socialists, We must be anti-imperialist. and <laughs> You have take your take off. And then you have Nigerian leaders off today saying vroom, <laughs> vroom, <laughs> 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 Boom, boom, boom. Oh my that j- man is trying to kickstart oh his j- brain. Oh je, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it is only funny because it is not funny. You so. eat, you, it's
1: gone. Uh, it's cassava. It's Gary. It. Come on. I love how like he says it. Like, how would
0: you guys? About it? Like, <laughs> how would you thought about how,
1: it? Like, how, how, am <laughs> how am I the only one?
0: Fifty million youths. <laughs> how hey, am I the only one here? it's fifty million youths. What do you do when you get your recruitment letter for the Nigerian Army? In your time
1: you all I buy stock in corn. <laughs> I got in like a corn, <laughs> like the corn industry. Just like, <laughs> what's the opposite of short? Buy, <laughs> <laughs> buy I'll buy the dip.
0: The only thing I can say is that uh, the only thing I can say he's right about is that Nigerian youth do like corn because the other day my friend was going through house break. I was like, should I stop by hands already? Do you want super yogurt? Would you like some cake? And she was like, "No, but if you see some roasted corn, mm, mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. I
0: wasn't actually." I can't
1: Like, <laughs> I think till this political till this election um, period is over, I just I feel like we should all just not eat corn. I don't know why. I don't know. I feel like I should give up
0: corn as a point to who? Just for a year and a half. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Samuel Samuel Ukoku and his dad Alvan sam's anti-peerism and social democratic socialism i think personally takes a turn because uh, he approved of the very unpopular general sani abacha's regime but before he does that he beats his father like his father they were both him and his dad were both trade unionists but mm. they just disagreed in how to move forward how to move nigeria uh, forward so in the march 15th 1957 southeastern house of assembly elections sam and koku Beat his dad, Alvin Ukoku, mercilessly, mm-hmm. and took his seat. Alvin Ukoku is uh, still went on to help us get an uh, educational Bill of Rights in 1962, which was a bill that called for primary school education to be free for six years nationwide in Nigeria. But his uh, his son to take his seat.
1: Why are you whispering?
0: Am I whispering? <laughs> really? You always tell me I do this uh, podcast in bedroom. Son took
1: a seat.
0: His son took his seat. Yeah, there you go. Both men are very important Nigerian statesmen and yeah. I, I quite like like I quite like a friendly battle. Mm. Like I quite like a my dad and I, both unionists, we both believe in Nigerian self determination. We yeah. both believe in evil participation in national politics. But um We don't agree on how that should happen, and we don't agree on the details, so we're going to run against each other because we're from the same place.
1: That's very interesting. I like
0: that. Yeah, I quite like that, you know. Yeah. Um, If you don't know what Alvan looks like, he's the guy with the glasses on the 10 naira notes. If you don't know what that looks like, you are a Gen Z. Or a
1: victim of a very bad economy, which a 10 naira note means absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing.
0: Yeah, but if you are old enough, you will know what it looks like. Well,
1: no, I think Gen Zs will know what it looks
0: like. Please, how much is Super Yugo? Actually, this is a real question.
1: But,
0: okay. okay, this guy told me Super was is two hundred, but I was like, maybe he's charging me a Koi price. But the very confusing part for me is that I remember when Fan Ice Orange was ten or twenty nine. Yeah, same. Like I literally would have ten, like twenty nine after school. Do you and, know what this and be like? like
1: this feels like when I was a kid. Uh, my dad would tell me like cars were like three hundred naira when he was a kid.
0: And you'd be like, "What? How yeah. is that possible?" Yeah.
1: And now you're telling Gen Zs, "Oh yeah, I remember when Superhero was ten naira." And it's like, "No, you don't. Stop lying. <laughs> Stop."
0: <laughs> no, but also, can not remember lie. when those go, those gum, those chewing gums, were one one naira? Oh, banana? Yeah, the banana gum. With the
1: trivia inside. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, if,
1: we had, like, if I had a pack of that, I'd just be opening it to figure out things to talk about on the podcast.
0: Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Imagine us having to reminisce about the good old days goody, and, goody. Where you, and where you youth.
1: You remember Goody Goody. Well, of course I remember goody, goody That's out of circulation, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. No, uh, it's gala also. So you know, gala, no, gala is gala. still around. Gala, gala,
0: they just reduced that sausage mm. to nothing. So they they made such a
1: gala. <laughs> For the streets.
0: Oh, what a time. This country is... Oh, yeah, let's go to Berenice. <laughs> Berenice's dad did not like what she did at all.
1: He didn't like the fact that she deposed him and sent him in, into exile. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: what a tough parent.
0: Do you know what he now did when he came back? will not you just be like, girl, that was a bit much, you know? Mm-hmm. You, 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 should, you should not do that. Yeah. But what, what do you think he did?
1: Well, I mean, it was thousands of years ago, right? So... I'm thinking um, Cut her head off
0: Yeah, exactly He beheaded her So let's let's give you some Let's say a little bit about Berenice the fourth Cleopatra's big sis You know how these people Were very like Unexciting with their names Cleopatra the mm-hmm. seventh Who's the Cleopatra we know Guess what her mom's name was Cleopatra Yeah, Cleopatra the fifth Because well, she also had Another older sister Cleopatra the sixth
1: in fairness, names then, especially in royal houses, were more like titles. So, no, it's true. especially Because, you know, Cleopatra was from, uh, what do you call it? Greek. Yeah. Greece. Shows Gre- Greece, And those guys, even with, like, all the Ramses, all those guys, what they did was, in their royal households, they had, like, actual boring names that they used to refer to each other. And all the Cleopatra, blah, 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 all, all of that were just names that...
0: Were their official name.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, they even, like... For the courts, for the um, gentry, and mm-hmm. even for the slaves population, mm-hmm. all, those Cleopatra- all those Cleopatra names are just titles that sort of indicated the kind of what they st- what they stood to inherit. You know the positions they stood. But to then occupy. why
0: is Berenice Berenice? She's the know. older
1: that's daughter. A, that, that's interesting. Uh, was she the first Berenice? Hmm? Was she the first one?
0: No. Yeah, so it's
1: she probably Berenice the fourth. Yeah, She's exactly, the older so daughter, though. So it's probably like a title. But then why are there two
0: Cleopatra daughters?
1: I don't know, man. There's probably a good reason for it. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> as a history podcast,
0: <laughs> no. So, so Cleopatra's dad, right? He was actually the illegitimate son. He was a Ptolemy, but he was an illegitimate son living mm-hmm. in Syria. We have no idea who Bernice and Cleopatra's mom, Cleopatra the Fifth. You don't. We actually have no idea who she is. Oh. Cleopatra was not Egyptian. sure. Yeah. She was not. Um, the Egyptians that we see celebrated in movies and other Cleopatra's and all the Ptolemies are the whitest ones for yep. a particular reason most Egyptians were actually black like us
1: yeah
0: I used to think that was a hotep thing like I thought the hoteps were just being hotep when they said that but Egyptians were actually black yeah like the Ptolemies ruled for at this point in time where Berenice comes and takes snatches the throne from Daddy. It's been 300 years of Ptolemy rule. So that's one family that's been ruling for longer than America's existed at at this point. You know what I'm saying? So this is a long time. But it's so funny because I just I honestly did not know Egyptians were black. Apparently that's why all the Sphinx and all these like uh statues have their, noses. Have their noses removed, because they had negro noses. <laughs> I like my negro nose and Jackson and five nostrils. Hey, shout out to Beyonce. Anyways, so uh, their daddy was the illegitimate son. And you know, the Ptolemies are known for inbreeding and infighting and a lot of bloody stuff. So they had basically killed all the legitimate sons. Mm-hmm. So they called him back from Syria. He was living in Syria with his babies and his baby mama. And they called him back that please come from Syria and be king of Egypt. Like,
1: what about this guy? Oh, yeah, he's um, he was poisoned. <laughs> so what about my cousin? Uh, oh, um, stabbed, in, yeah, the stabbed in the back. Stabbed in the back. But you'll be safe, though. I promise.
0: <laughs> We're done with that. So this is Ptolemy the twelfth. Um, so he comes with his wife Cleopatra the fifth to Egypt, and they bring their kids Berenice, Cleopatra, and Cleopatra, and Ptolemy, and Ptolemy. Yeah, th- those are the names of the children. When they get there, at this point in the reign. Egypt has become a uh like a state of the Roman Empire so the Roman Empire like they pay taxes to Rome and stuff like that Ptolemy is not very popular in Alexandria and Egypt Alexandria is like their base at this point in time um because he's borrowed a lot of money from the Roman Empire the Egyptian Empire is not doing very well at this point in time and then Akeka, his brother was the king of Cyprus leader of Cyprus Rome invades Cyprus and he's like Eh, I owe them money. I can't really say much. I'm mm-hmm. a debtor. So. I cannot come call my, call my outside and I'll say, Eh, you keep my brother. Do not ask me for the money I'm <laughs> owing them. So people were really upset by this. That's why Berenice takes the throne from daddy. She's like, you're weak. Bye. And so she takes the throne from daddy. And daddy, and she wrote. She co-rules. She supposedly supposed to have been co-ruling with her sister, Cleopatra, VI, 6th, right? Ptolemy runs to Rome like please my daughter has snatched my throne apparently with cleopatra seven who's mm. at this point in time around 10 years old yeah so she's close to daddy she so he goes to rome rome gives him more money and an army they're like well go back go back and claim your throne from your daughter I won't, I won't be able to
1: pay you back if you took over
0: who's <laughs> like in her 20s i'm trying to just imagine this but it's very hard to picture Anyways, he comes back. He actually, with the force of the Roman legions, defeats Berenice in battle and beheads her.
1: He beheaded her.
0: He beheaded her. Off with it. Off with your head. <laughs> dance, 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 dance till you're <laughs> It's funny
1: that like, their family were descendants of Alexander the Great. Yeah, I find that very interesting.
0: Right. I don't
1: know. It's just, um, I mean, I know they were the last... They were the last of the to rule Egypt. Uh, No, the last rulers of Egypt in general.
0: Yeah, but that's, like, I think it's very, like, I think it's up that it's a foreigner that would bring centuries old Empire down, Mm. like
1: no, I love it. I, I, you know, what's crazy is that, like, these guys just ruled in such a bizarre way. Like, most of them couldn't speak. They were like the
0: Lannisters. So Cleopatra the seventh, yeah, which is the famous Cleopatra who was everyone knows Cleopatra. She's the first of the Ptolemies to speak an Egyptian language. So imagine they've been ruling for three hundred years without even being able to speak to the people.
1: A family rules for three hundred years, and the last ruler is the one who learns the language. Bro, that is.
0: it's so weird but i think something else that i found weird because it's like inbreeding marry your brother like cleopatra was supposed to marry her brother technically did right telling me the i don't even know at this point in time the 15th or whatever but she's supposed to co-roll with her younger brother and marry him but she also kind of performed the role of her father's queen when he came back like from the age of 10 not that she married her dad in a sexual way but in like a ceremonial way of like because you know they had both male and female gods. Yeah. So they kind of needed like co-rulers uh, to represent gay unity kind of of the people. But yeah, man, I don't even know why. Like, I always say this, but I think Cleopatra is famous because of white privilege and because of sexism.
1: I mean, a big part of why she's even like... I think a big part of it is just the whole Mark Anthony thing. Mark
0: Anthony and Caesar. The Caesar. Yeah, but it's Shakespeare really Shakespeare so, writing about it. I guess Shakespeare helps a lot. Yeah. But this whole uh, romanticizing of Cleopatra and her being a representation of the Egyptian empire and, like, common imagination, it's so weird. because yeah. she, she didn't look like them. She wasn't one of them.
1: She spoke her Egyptian with a very, very...
0: It's like how Greek I s- it would it, it is actually like how I would speak French.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, man, that is my uh, family racks for today.
1: See you guys next week where we'll be discussing
0: siblings.
1: Bum, bum, bum. If you've ever
0: fought your sibling.
1: Pom pom pom. That was my scary sound.
0: I'm so happy it did not work. God is on my side today. <laughs> nonsense no we're not talking about but don't worry The sibling one is not gonna get gory man we'll keep it light have a lovely week bye
1: guys